Admit. Should we do it? Is it working? Okay, Jacob. Hey, we did it. Yeah, sorry, man. I we got a uh, three small kids. Two of them are on the on the online Zoom classes right now. Oh yes. It's been uh, tech. Technology is amazing and terrible <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Does um are the schools done for the year? They're all online for the rest of the year, are they? Um, I think they're gonna try to go back to in person soon. I think um they're ramping out some stuff here in San Diego anyway. Yeah. Uh, but you know we're a tourist destination, so a lot of people from lots of different places come here, and um, it sort of sets the COVID this COVID trap off, you know, and they open and close and open and close. So um, we yeah. have been going for maybe five or six weeks now with uh, first grade and uh, like pre kindergarten uh, for my, mm -hmm. my oldest son. So it's uh, it's pretty impressive to watch them log into Zoom calls and do their thing, but uh, it's it's a real drag on the uh, on the internet speed, so it takes my my old I can imagine a few stresses in the morning to get going. So, yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for joining. Man. I really appreciate uh, taking the time. No problem. And you can hear me all good with just my laptop microphone and stuff like that. And yeah, right, seems to be going okay. There'll probably be some baby screeches or something in the background. So don't Had don't worry. He's all right. Uh, <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. Yeah. So how are things in uh, Bucharest? Getting colder, <clears throat> getting colder, it's starting to get that time of year now. So we're just like, we're, we're still waiting for uh, my wife's visa so we can hit back to New Zealand and kind of just wait out there. But man, it's such a mission. Just visa process takes forever. There's only like, there's only one flight this month that we can get on. <laughs> to head back <laughs> so it's like if we don't get a visa in time and we can't catch that flight it's sad it's crazy like it's another month huh jeez yeah we'll see we'll see hopefully we can head back on the 18th but if we can't it'll be another month at least just basically here we'll watch um, the leaves turn there in romania yeah, exactly. you can see them. <laughs> but um other than that i mean like we enjoy live like we enjoy living here it's like it's cheap as to live food's cheap like um, accommodation is pretty cheap, and then yeah, yeah so <clears throat> problems not too bad. I've heard some great things about it. Um, I've never been, but uh, like I've had friends that have traveled. You know, they've gone through there and Croatia and some other places, and they said it's just sort of steeped in history and like architecture. Um, yeah, if you go into like the countryside, they've got like um, like Dracula Castle, where the whole Dracula story was. Kind of, well, they say the Dracula story, the guy wrote the book and described the castle and the place, but it was in a time where he had never actually seen the place, but the way he describes it, it's exactly the same as this castle in Romania. Oh, really? And it's, so it's, it's the Dracula castle and Vlad the Impaler like, lived there. And you go there and you can tour through the castle, like, and there's a, there's a, couple, there's a few of them around in different cities around um, Romania. It's awesome. That's really wow. cool. Yeah, I've heard some, uh, my, my, I think my wife watched a, a TV show where they investigate ghosts and paranormal stuff and they spent <laughs> maybe a week in that place just trying to get through everything. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, I had a chat with Ben Frakes uh, a few yeah. months ago. Nice. Um, and he said that, you know, he and his lady just hopped in the car and they hit, you know, probably seven or eight countries because they're so like tight knit there. Yeah. Uh, Said said he had a blast, just sort of driving through there, you know, making sure you go to the right places, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I've heard heard a lot of great things about it. Uh, and you're tra obviously trying to get back to New Zealand, uh, and you've got your own performance center there in Auckland, right? That you're that you're starting. Yeah, so I had a I had like a sports performance academy. So I kind of when I when I first came to Romania in 2015, I was working here. Then that once that finished, I was back in New Zealand, and I was kind of like trying to do something, you know, while kind of searching for jobs. Yeah. So I was working with the, the women's rugby league team. And at the same time, I started up like a sports academy out of uh, the weightlifting gym that I trained out of. So the, the owner of that gym, like we're, we're quite close there. Um, she let me just kind of open up my own thing and train people out of there for free, which was awesome. And um, I basically just started like a little sports academy 
guess you'd say with this athlete that wanted to come train that didn't really have the it's more like uh, the ones that like individual sports they don't have kind of structured SNC and things like that and I kind of was running that for a while and then once I ended up landing a job uh, in the states there in Texas I left that and then basically I shut that down it, was, it just wasn't worth running and not what I wanted to do it was just kind of like I guess you could say it was like something to develop something maybe to see how it goes and yeah and you went uh you went to Austin uh yeah. With the hunt there, right? So our mutual friend Todd Clever and all those guys. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, miss, oh, we miss Austin so much because my wife. I met her in, in Austin, but right. she's from South Africa, and so we both lived in Austin, and we both we both we both miss it. Yeah, <laughs> man, this <laughs> Well, I'm sure they'd love to have you. I think uh, last time I was in Austin, so I worked for the Iron Neck, obviously, and um, yeah they're based there. So I get a chip to go out there. I got an excuse to go out there once and I met with Todd and the, and the MLR guys. And, um, I had, you know, a lot of time. Like I arrived like early on a Saturday, uh, and there was not a whole lot to do. Like, you know, all the guys are like, we're traveling, you know, like the CEO is traveling, come I'll be back on, you know, Sunday evening. Yeah. So like Todd had a combine going for his MLR team. I was like, well, that's, you know, that's, four and a half hours right there, right, on, on my weekend. I'll, I'll go check that out. Uh, so, yeah, I went and hung out with Todd and, like, got busted by the Bronco and, like, all these other things. They're out there gunning for a contract. And I'm like, hey, guys, this is a lot of fun, huh? You guys having fun? Like, this is nice. Uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. But last time I was there was that. And the guy driving me around said 185 people a day moved to Austin. So. Oh, wow. They're, uh, they're, they're opening up for everybody. Yeah. And just, uh, just a lot of, a lot of stuff going on down there. I stayed at a place called the line and it's right on the river and sort of looks at downtown. And, uh, yeah, that was a great, that was a great trip company trip. I was like, ah, this is all right. I'm not sleeping on the, on the couch somewhere. Like this is the best <laughs> trip I think I've ever took. So yeah, great, great place, great city full of great things. You know, it's, uh, it's been really cool. And Iron Neck is, Moved into a new facility. Um, they moved across oh, the river yeah. to a great big place, and they've got yeah, like they had um, before. It was sort of like a mad scientist lab. You know, you walk in off of yeah. Fifth Street, go down the street, and like you're underneath. In the they have them hanging up. You know, like like sausages, like from the ceiling. Um, and now those guys like yeah. Now it's just now it's big time. You know, it's the same people, but they've yeah. got yeah a lot more space and like an exercise area to do demoing and things like that. So, so then and. Like further south Austin now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, like across the river, it's on Todd Lane now, so they're across the river and down down the road a bit because um, they were in like downtown Austin property yeah. before. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So trying to get back get back to New Zealand. You'll go back to Auckland, you think? Yeah, we'll be in Auckland. Uh, stay there. Basically, just work as much online as possible, just to get some income coming in and then at the same time just waiting for for different roles to pop up I I should turn down uh, a week or two ago a role that was in Russia and I was like yeah like talking with my wife and stuff like I mean we came to Romania and Romania is pretty just like quite a bit of English here and it's been pretty good but moving to like the middle of Russia yeah just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I never come back <laughs> exactly. Putin shuts the borders for the COVID, and then then we get a Russian passport, or something like that, and then we're done. <laughs> yeah. Russian dog food. It's, uh, <laughs> it gets cold there. Out there, man, that would be. I mean, like I've always wanted. Like it's a dream of mine, you know. Like to take my S and C stuff to something like that, and and be a part of a team or a staff, you know, that's working with a national team. Like that would be a dream come true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like there are just certain ones that sort of stand out, and like. I guess it's sort of, sort of like a time limit, you know, different for different people, but like to live in a place where you don't speak the language and um, yeah. can be pretty isolating, you know, I feel like. But it's a, uh, yeah, great, great chat there. Um, Try to think. Yeah, so I actually was looking for a job in New Zealand for the last, you know, 10 years or something like that. <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to poke one out. 
Uh, I think there was one recently, a, a concussion specialist, you know, and they were looking to work with all the super rugby teams and track all these things. Uh, man, that sounds fantastic. Uh, and ended up being what, like PhD level type stuff, right? Like they, want, they wanted some, some big ass. Um, but yeah, there's, there is a, a few, I think there's a few that sort of pop up in and around there. And, um, you know, pretty, um, it's pretty insulated with, with like the hiring stuff. I mean, like, I I left because I got a, obviously got a, an offer to, to work overseas. Um, but for me, when I was starting out trying to get a job in New Zealand, it was near like impossible. And then even now, even now, I'm, if I try to for work back in New Zealand now, I'll, I'll struggle. <clears throat> Just like, especially with New Zealand rugby with how they're going now, they've made pay cuts, they've cut staff. Yeah. Um, all sorts of stuff going on there. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not optimistic <laughs> about finding anything there. I'm more just kind of just hopefully work work some contacts overseas and see if anything comes up. We were actually just talking, I was just talking to my wife today. I was thinking like, why don't we just try go to Austin and just go to Austin, we'll just live there and then we'll just see if we can find something there. Because we'll <laughs> we just like, we'll just relocate to the USA and we'll live in the USA. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I think that might well, the plan. <laughs> I, I think, you know, any other time would be a great plan, you know, like come back and roll the dice. Uh, just don't see like how anyone gets in, gets in and out of the country. You know, I, I was applying to some of these jobs, you know, and um, had a couple of contacts. I got a chance to go on the, on a premiership, um, like week long, you know, level 300 course or whatever, uh, world yeah. rugby level two and um, great fun, you know, like cruising around England and stuff, but um, see these things, these opportunities and stuff. And I was like, well, I can't. Like my, my passport's only good to go to Mexico and like the Sudan or something. So uh, one of them is going to have to heavily invest in rugby soon if we want to, for me to get out of the country to do any of it. So yeah, oh, it's sort of, um, yeah, an unfortunate byproduct of all this. So hopefully, hopefully we'll all get on, on the New Zealand tick and, you know, get rid of, get rid of all this stuff and oh, man. So, Trump's got the virus now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> It's been tough. Uh, San Diego, a very casual place, but uh, yeah, the um, the the lines, uh, the lawn signs are up everywhere now, and people are drawing lines all over the place. So, oh man! Yeah, we can only hope for the best. I think for some some rational and uh, logical thought to enter the White House soon. So that would be great. We'll see. <laughs> Happened once. Yeah, I'm we'll see. Good, I guess. So yeah, don't can't underestimate any of it. So yeah. But, so you're uh, full time, full time with Iron Mac then? Full time, yeah. So I do. Um, you know, I got like various uh, projects, uh, and then actually through the pandemic, um, you know, I was working a lot with teams uh, and teams from you know the NFL. I got 49ers fan growing up as a kid, like yeah. that contact. You know, it was like, and I can call that guy, like, oh hey, coach, how's it going? Um, and he's like, yeah, it's great. You know, we've got 15 iron necks. And I'm just like, yeah, I just want to know what you're thinking. You know, I just want to see how you're doing today. Like, just want to chat. <laughs> that sort of stuff. We're like, yeah, we're good. It's, it's fine. Uh, so it's been that, that sort of stuff was cool. And then obviously, like with the, with the pandemic, you know, there's, you know, I can't, can't get in groups and you can't share equipment and stuff. So I was, got a bit nervous, but um, been transitioning to sort of programming. And they've got big plans, uh, you know, of expanding sort of the, the offering that Iron Neck has, it was just the Iron Neck before, uh, mm -hmm. but we'll have different, you know, different products. And uh, we sort of uh, went into some of the bands, yeah, almost yeah. crossover symmetry like type things. Um, and those things have been very good uh, to us because obviously everyone was working out at home and not, and not going to gyms. And then if like three or four months in, everyone just like, well, okay, well, I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff because I'm never going back. Uh, so <laughs> then things got, things got a bit better for us. So, um, I'm now uh, with a guy named Tyler, sort of, we sort of split the country uh, mm -hmm. in half. Well, not really. Like I go from Ohio to Hawaii somehow, uh, sort of my territory, and then deal with like special, you know, special cases, athletes or um, military accounts. There's a lot of military here in San Diego, but like I deal with the Defense Department of Canada. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what they're preparing for there, but like they're, <laughs> apparently they're getting ready for something. And, uh, um, yeah, so doing that training and programming stuff and then, uh, was sort of meant to be in Austin more, uh, helping with videos and sort of being the, the S and C like technical, like this is why we would do this exercise and how, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, obviously not doing that, not flying to Austin very often. So it's just been 
video video stuff, videoing, and I'm not very good at setting up a camera angle and feeling comfortable in front of it, you know, knowing that it's going to be shared with this, like, guy with a six-pack and some lady that can do a backflip, and they're <laughs> be doing this thing like that. I'm like, yeah, great. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> but it's been really good. Yeah, Iron Neck has been amazing. And, um, like, as an S&C guy and, you know, who did, like, special special circumstance personal trainings, you know, like rehab or um, injury, you know, re- uh, cardiovascular surgery type stuff and like rehab processes like I would have been all the way out on my on my ass right like wouldn't wouldn't be doing much training uh in-person training the last seven months so uh it's been it's been really good yeah looking after you yeah fantastic and uh I think it's good like if if I hadn't had had it and had to push myself to learn you know like the part of the affiliate or run the affiliate program and things like that. And, um, there's all these, I just all joined. Terms. yeah, like, Oh, you've got to find, <laughs> find influencers and whitelisting and all these things. And I'm just looking at, I'm writing things down, you know, as they're telling them to me. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, I'll have to, <laughs> I, spent I, just day looking at the <laughs> I was like, Oh man, you know, I, was, I was behind. Yeah. So that's yeah. been good. I've just gone down that road of affiliate marketing and stuff since COVID hit. And I was like, Need something to do online other than S and C. So I've just been blogging, like learned fucking shit tons about yeah. blogging, SEO, affiliate marketing, all of that. So I'm just going, going at it, <laughs> trying to make another income stream. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be that old guy, like yelling at kids on the lawn, you know. But I was like, I don't understand any of this. Like, how does any of this work, you know? And um, there's a system too, you know, and like ultimately, especially in America anyway, like your, your personal information is for sale. So that's how, that's how they manage a lot of that stuff, you know, is yeah. Facebook and Instagram and things like that. So I, I call my buddies and have a question for them. You know, a buddy that's a doctor, Hey Terrence, you know, I've got a question about EMGs and like muscle activation, like charts and things like that. And then the next day he's like, I'm getting emails about that and our Facebook ads and stuff. And like, yeah, like they're always listening. Oh yeah. So, always listening. <laughs> um but yeah i i, I get a lot of face or uh iron neck ads myself because i reference the website and sort of link it to people you know they're asking about a 30-day trial so i'll go to the website and get the link and then hyperlink it in their email form and like i'll get hit by like nine emails you know hey uh you got this in your cart and this is like now i know like i try to tell the computer like i'm 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 aware i've got one like i don't need them thanks but yeah so that's that's a lot that's been an education you know like i i think i knew sort of inherently some of it but um yeah catching up rapidly about the way things work and how it works online and Mm. those sort of things so it's good they've got a great team great group of guys and gals and they do a lot of work uh there in austin and um because you know everything is pretty fluid they've been like remarkable i live in san diego you know and work for them full-time and um doing doing stuff uh remotely is going to be a big deal so hopefully we get back to some of the cool conferences you know we go to but um other than that you know it's, i'm fine not going to every physical therapist conference there is in the western half of the united states so well it might be another year yet i think 2021 is going to be similar to this I think at least a portion of it is, you know, and I know a lot of people uh, are making plans and but they just sort of like throwing, throwing dates out arbitrarily, you know, and it's like, Oh, well, this, this time next year, that, you know, this month we'll be doing this. I'm like, well, you know, we don't know that. Like we don't know any of that, unfortunately. So yeah, it's been uh, mentally, I think hard, you know, and I was still playing rugby and we had a, we had a break, you know, like a, a, a built-in buy for the LA sevens. Um, the RB stop and then a buy. And then that was like on a Tuesday, right? We were talk, chatting about what we we're going to do next week, getting ready for this game and uh, never made it to training on Thursday, right? Like that week in March, like, that was the end. That's quick. <laughs> uh, and then it was just gone, you know? And uh, yeah, you just, when you're playing, you know, and it gets taken like that and then you get the blues, you get the rugby blues, you get all mopey and sad and stuff about not seeing your friends and, going to the to the dive bar after the game and stuff and uh yeah it's hard like mentally to to sort of stay strapped in and yeah finishing finishing that year out for the kids in school and then you know summertime was all right uh we lasted maybe 17 weeks and then we just hit the road like 
we took a 10 day, 3000 mile trip and saw some family in Colorado and drove all over the place. And, oh my. But uh, yeah, three kids and a dog, you know, and we went, <laughs> we went from San Diego to Colorado and back and made a bunch of stops and national parks and stuff like that. So some of those things, like our opportunities afforded to you because, you know, like you don't have to be anywhere. Like <laughs> there's nowhere to go. So. And you'd be less traffic, right? So it should be a quicker trip. Oh yeah, there was um, lots, lots of great things about that. Uh, you know, like we were in uh, Eastern New Mexico, the Carlsbad Caverns, you know, like there's, mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of traffic there, but there are a lot of people sort of out and about um, pulling trailers and camping and things like that. So we just kept our sticks, you know, and poke, get them away from us and wear our masks and things and <laughs> let, let the dog out every few hours while we were driving. So, but those are the types of things, you know, like, Again, you know, going back to other people that I've talked to is um, can't ever, can't get that experience about, you know, without doing it. So uh, we're just trying to find little, little cracks in the system right now. And, you know, like the kids are, are Zooming and there's not so many Zooms. Then like, hey, we're going to go to the beach after this one. Like, because uh, otherwise we'd, we'd never leave the house. That's almost out at the moment. We just leave the house to train, but man, we missed the beach. We both grew up on the on the beach, my wife and I, in New Zealand and South Africa. So we're just like in a concrete jungle at the moment. Yeah, but man, missed the beach. <laughs> yeah, it's not too many. Yeah, like, that's got to be sort of a, a a bit of a shock. I mean, I know Auckland's a big city. Um, hmm. It is just somehow different though, because you can you can drive for about five minutes, right, and like it goes to one lane each direction, and you're like in New Zealand all of a sudden. Right? <laughs> It's a, uh, it's a different place. Yeah. And like big cities and stuff like that. I'm sort of new to San Diego, but my wife grew up here. So, um, um, I'm loving it. I grew up in a small farm town, you know, and it was a hundred degrees for four months out of the year and stuff, you know, not unlike Texas really, and just hot. And then, um, yeah, some rain would come in the, in the winter time. And that was like the nice time, but yeah, San, San Diego is, uh, is definitely an upgrade from, my small form town community of like 5,000 people. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Dreaming about going to Sacramento, you know, because they had half a million people. Like, oh, there's so much to do there. <laughs> oh, California is nice though. I mean, we were in California, was it 20, 2018? 2018, I think we were in, well, 2017, we were in Anaheim and uh, around that way. Oh, yeah. Went up to Muscle Beach and all that. Have to. Be Absolutely. Yeah. Did a bit of Muscle Beach and went, saw Gold's Gym. And that was pretty much it other than, the com other than my wife's competition there. But I've, I've done California once before uh, as a family trip, like years ago. And I like, loved it. I like, loved California. It's just like beach town, just everything. The weather's nice. <laughs> like, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot fun. of great, yeah, like you can, one of those places, you know, and um, few places in the world where you could like literally ski and surf in the same day. And there's some, there's some opportunities here for that, you know, and it's just such a beautiful place. So many things, you know, like, and then like, as we sort of sit around and, and show the kids things like, man, I would, you know, like, when was the last time we went to Yosemite? It's like, man, I was a kid, you know, like I was like a, like a 10 year old kid. And he's like, how does that happen? Um, but it's just one of those things you take for granted sometimes. And um, you just got to, you can make time to take time, I guess, you know, like I, I met these German uh, exchange kids in high school and they were living with a family, you know, like in this great big farmhouse and they sort of walk around campus and like, well, you're not from California, you know, like they all thought that like Arnold Schwarzenegger was our friend and we served the school <laughs> every day, like, was, you know, every day it was like varsity blues where I'm doing backflips out of the back of my truck and it's like, nah, man, like, let's just go into class, like got a game later, like. <laughs> But they're, they're, they're just like, this is in California. I like, just shaking their heads like this is in California. Like, well, this is this is a small country town in <laughs> Northern California. Like, yeah, it's not it's not Venice Beach, unfortunately. So yeah. yeah, it was good that you got down to the Mecca and and saw a bit of that. Like I think that's anyone that's in like the physical culture is sort of on your list. I think to yeah. to see well, the big that. one. The big one for us was going to the Stark Center in Austin and seeing all the old time strongman stuff there. And yeah, that's, that place is awesome. There's a few of those, again, like they just uh, hard to get to, but like York Barbell in, in Pennsylvania, right? Like there's a, mm. there's a massive Olympic weightlifting, like sort of uh, museum there, you know, and they're the you know, people that invented the barbell essentially, uh, like for mass, mass division. So 
things like that, you know, and um, the Arnold classic, I think, you know, if that ever comes back, that'd be another one where there's mm. like, if you're again, like if you're a sporting culture, like if you're strong, if you're into strength training stuff, like that's the one, right? Like that's 10 days and that's every strength activity in the world is there and like a championship. And yeah. Um, yeah. So anyone, anyone that wants to geek out on that, I think that that's, that's gotta be on the list, but definitely, that will definitely be on the list. Hell yeah. I see you've got a, a Nakoa shirt on. That, that's Ryan Gallup's. That's Very him, nice. yeah. yeah. What's up, Gallup? <laughs> we, uh, I got a chance to work with Ryan. Uh, unfortunately, everyone's like, oh, I live in San Diego. And like, where? Like, Carlsbad. And it's like, well, that's like an hour from where, like, I live in Hillcrest area, which is uh, about three and a half miles from downtown, you know, mm-hmm. and like, it's about 15 minutes from everything, right? Like, I could be in PB or or wherever that I wanted to be in 15 or 20 minutes. Um, but his gym's up in Carlsbad. So like we, we had met and he was like, Hey, great to have you or whatever. Uh, and I was like, he asked me where I was living. I was like, well, that's like 45 minutes without traffic in the, in the car each way. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so we were working on some stuff together. We did get a chance to work at Torrey Pines high school doing uh, some S and C like an S and C block before their preseason, uh, which was pretty cool. And uh, the guys there are, are super nice you know they've, they've always been super welcoming and um great facility you know and like you can you can rock in there at any time and see todd or you know carlin isles or mm-hmm. something like that um i had a chance to do uh an iron neck demo for a, a race car driver a guy that drove uh competitively he's also like a olympic qualified bobs or not bobs that are um snowboarder and he like drove car like he really wanted to drive cars but he had all this like background in snowboarding and uh, was going to go back to the Olympics and stuff, which isn't happening right now. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I stole a bunch of cool ideas from pit fit, you know, and like put his feet up on the wall and got him, got him going on some iron neck, like race car stuff. And so just things like that. They, they have like a unreal clientele base, I think, and like action sports, you know, like guys that are pro surfers and things like that. So it's a pretty interesting place to be uh, just to see what's going on in there and, um, huge place, you know, huge facility and physical okay. therapy tables and stuff. Like it's top notch. If it wasn't an hour away, it'd be definitely be something I could. Yeah, you'd be turning me. It's like, oh, like, get on the physio table. Like, oh, are you busy? Like, here, here's a project for you. Work this out. Yeah. Did you, when did, you know Gallup? You've met Gallup before. No, I haven't met him. I, I know of him just from my Instagram and stuff like that, but I recognize the, uh, I recognize the, the name <laughs> yeah straight away yeah so we're um he's an on back guy old mission beach athletic club here in san diego yep. and um so that's where so our paths sort of crossed i've been playing and captaining the side the last few years uh, 15s and then um he was still trying to play a bit of sevens uh you know like, like 37 he's still still got it got it in him so he was coming <laughs> out and um yeah, we like lost our coach and, you know, like there was all this weird stuff last summer where program was sort of been run into the ground a bit and didn't have a ton of cash. And uh, mm-hmm. so I ended up having to coach Ryan, <laughs> be the seventh coach and just be the guy with the clipboard and be like, ah, well, that was bad. So we'll do that again. That sort of thing. Um, I'm like a, had a baseball program, right? A few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, yeah, I'm really, really strong. I remember them and Life, Life West. Uh, so just those two out in California that we had very strong rugby teams on Buck and Life West. Yeah. So I, I played for uh, SFGG uh, for nine years before moving here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would have been, you know, like uh, played on some team, like you know, multiple national championships in short succession. And then uh, Life West being our sort of chief competition in the area, the only like real like team, you know, that we could put out a squad that we wouldn't run through. Uh, Cause we had, I think, at the time, like nine out of 15 guys that were starting were internationals, you know, at some point or another. And there were guys like Mose, Timoteo, and, and Chris Biller, like all these guys, you know, have been like Chris capped at Cal as a sophomore, you know, like, and he's playing club rugby now and stuff yeah. like that. So we were, we were, we had a pretty good squad. Um, and we lost Mose to Glendale. Um, and then, you know, some other guys sort of trickled out. But yeah, Life West, they're, uh, they would have been the last, the last championship we had. There. I think they they took that home from Belmont Shore up there in in the Bay Area. And then, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens going forward. Like what 
what happens with the money situation for clubs, you know, and training and things like that, how that's all going to play out. Cause obviously if we are allowed to train and play, we're going to be competing with every other sport, you know, literally every other sport is going to be trying to train from January to June next year. And um, it's quite tough for American rugby clubs to find places to train and play, play games and, you know, on, on a proper sized field. So. Because uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of clubs don't have their own kind of like changing rooms and fields and right. that. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, you're like on a park field and you're you know, you're running around making requests to the city and stuff, and nobody understands what rugby is or like maybe they went to a game once and like had too much to drink. Like I don't know about those guys. Like no, <laughs> you right? Like fail. You're like ah oh, man. All right, off to the next off to the next field. Um, <laughs> But some of the clubs here, like especially the uh, colleges, uh, San Diego State and USD, uh, those are the clubs that we've tried to like sort of sort of partner with, you know, like a, not a ton of kids end up playing club rugby like after college. Um, there's a real like issue in America of like retaining that, you know, and, and having uh, sides that are sort of full of players and uh, we've tried to reach out to them, you know, and get more kids interested in it, like make a connection, you know, to the, to these guys. And, uh, but also like, Hey, we'll come to your field and train a bit, you know, and <laughs> come, we'll come up to state. No problem. You know, like um, we had a fantastic field, you know, but it's just like anytime it rained, there was, we could be a heavy miss and we'd be done. They shut us down for training. And um, I think at one point last year, they, we had, two practices out of 13, like 13 scheduled practices. We are allowed to train on our field twice and like missed a game, had to reschedule a game, you know, go play somewhere else. And, um, you know, I think at one point we were playing, you know, a game and we we're in the parking lot at the, at the Qualcomm stadium, like in tennis shoes, like we've got to get an hour in before they like, we haven't trained in two weeks. Like we haven't done anything <laughs> and we've got a league game coming up, you know? So that's, that's sort of the state of American rugby. So, yeah, you're gonna pay 150 bucks an hour for a field, or you try to cozy up to some of these high school and, and college programs, and um, you know. But like what I try to sell it is again, like my time in New Zealand, it was just like it was just so much uh, a community, and you know, like it wouldn't be a big ask for senior players to come early to practice and train little kids, um, and then sort of you know stay for your practice, right? And like sort of making connection through the club and. Um, little kids have little heroes and they look up to you and things like that. And it's like, well, that's all good. You know? And then we also get to train like on a field <laughs> on a, on a <laughs> Thursday. Like I was trying to sort of like, Hey guys, this is what other, this is what other developed rugby nations do is they help out people and then they get help back. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, sounds like a lot of time. I was like, well, like <laughs> you're already getting paid. Right. So like just show up an hour early and coach the hundred twelves, you know, and make mom and dad real happy. And then, you know, like we'll get we'll get a bit of field time. So that was the biggest biggest thing when I when I first got to the states, I was like, there's no changing rooms. Like field, yeah, fields are sometimes just in the park, or like, and it's just foreign because you in New Zealand you go to like out in the rural wherever, however many hours out of a main city, a club in the middle of nowhere. But the club in the middle of nowhere will have a change like a clubhouse, change room, bar. You know everything. I feel on Thursday night, like exactly have everything. But then now in the states, it's like we didn't even have got changed under a tent. You know things like that. It's yes. Nuts. My favorite is the is the high school turf football fields. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I was playing for Glendale in 2009, and we played uh, some guys from Pearl City, Iowa, and they were um, a lot of expats. You know, they had a lot of guys with accents, uh, and they were very good. I think. Uh, both Sunu or two Sunula brothers were playing there at the time uh, and they're getting paid cash and living in a house and with a gym membership, you know, and like in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. So like, they've just been like cleaning everyone's pipes week in and week out, you know, they've been really successful. And I was like, man, these guys must be really good. You know, must be really set up because we have, you know, playing at Glendale, like we're playing in a stadium and like you're on your faces on the jumbotron and stuff and like <laughs> signing autographs for little kids we played Pearl City and we flew to Chicago and drove four and a half hours in the minibus to the field. We were late. So we hop out of the van right after four hours and like get dressed and hit some tackle shields. And it's like, well, you've got 15 minutes like oh, to man. get going. And uh, 
yeah, we rock up to a high school football field. It's got a thousand colors on it. You know, yeah. there's <laughs> 20 different kinds of like, 20 sport lines everywhere. Like we're playing the yellow ones. Like, oh, okay. Like, and it's not like they're tele like they're televised, like, at least like maybe on Flow Rugby or if they pick up games, whatever, and you watch it and you can't even see where they help the sideline or <laughs> anything. <laughs> it's a dedicated rugby field, man. <laughs> Some other ones. Yeah, in like Iowa in April, like could go either way. It was a bit cold, you know, so like you're just standing on the sideline, wind's blowing, just hanging out in your rugby shorts and a, and a jacket, like oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then that was that was an interesting experience. Some of those ones are pretty good. Um, yeah, like you know, clubs doing their best. You know, they're doing their best to to find a pitch and do their thing. Um, it's just you know sometimes a pitch is thirty eight meters wide, and, you're, and it's like got a hard slant and like a tilt at the end. And you're like, well, like we're here, so we're gonna play, I guess. But that was uh, my my college experience with rugby was um, you know playing college football and then left college football. To, you know to sort of do rugby in school because it wasn't wasn't doing it all at, at once very well and um we were walking walking the fields saturday morning and like picking up shards of glass and like hypodermic needles and filling potholes with sand you know like gopher holes and stuff and i was like man i don't know like the football field's really nice you know we don't have to do any of this stuff. <laughs> they've got a guy that comes and drags a thing around on the turf you know and, and sets it up so uh but yeah like it was just hanging out with the guys, you know, those are the guys, I mean, most of the guys in my wedding, you know, were, were rugby guys. You know, I think there's one guy from my high school football team even invited to the, to the wedding at all. So those are the ones, yeah, those are the ones that make it stick. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Did you want to talk some Nick training? Yeah, man. Um, so you mentioned like you, you had the, the one unit in there and um, just sort of like curious about how, sort of specifically like how you go about training for different positions, you know, like I know what I would do. I've got a chance to talk to some other people hear what they do, but um, you know, I think that like in the game, there's a general neck strength, like everyone is going to need it because it's not just, you know, tackles and scrums, you know, there's um, you know, the way that the laws have been changed, the way that uh, the game is being refereed now, right? Like there's a huge emphasis on that, on the head and neck and the concussion component. So um, oh, like obviously front row guys, tight head props, like those types, like they need to be big, thick walrus necks people because they're holding up all that stuff. But um, just like, how, I mean, for me, like the iron neck is is a great, great tool. Like I bought one before I ever started working for them, um, but I do use it in conjunction with other things, you know, like to to properly set my neck up for success. And yeah. um, so, do you have anything? Um, that you do specifically for, for positions or does it vary for you at all? Did, no, mean, not so much between positions. I like to, same thing with like, <laughs> I, I always have the iron neck on my wish list for teams when I'm there to get them, but yeah. it just depends on the organization. They fucking, most of them are useless. So they don't get shit. But um, other than that, like I'll use, I'll use the, if I could use the iron neck, I mean, I don't, so I use bands half the time. So, you know, just your typical band isometric stuff just to kind of start with. Um, and then obviously your normal plate flexion, extension, all the all the usual stuff. And then I like to go to almost like a partner, so like a, a typical partner, but from behind. So it'd be like um, almost like how would you say it? Reactionary. So it's almost like reactionary next. There's just, there's some research just showing like the rate of force development in terms of neck strength is actually quite important in terms of the concussion prevention too. So not just making the neck thick and strong, but also being able to react and stop that force quickly. So that's one I like to, I like to bring in basically as, as soon as possible. Um, but other than that, it's, it's pretty much just the usual, the usual stuff. I mean, there's only so much you can do with the, <laughs> with the yeah. neck. Um, I actually tried, so I teamed up with the, with the 1080 motion guys in, in Austin and I tried to put the iron neck and the 1080 quantum machine together and yeah. I actually got some video of it. I'll, I'll send it through to you. I don't know if even if it was a good idea or not. <laughs> I think it was, it might've been dumb, but it was fun to experiment. So we basically had the iron neck on and I had the uh, quantum on basically on the eccentric overload. So I basically pulled my head with 40 kilos and then I had to just resist the protraction and then I had to stop it. So yeah. it was just like a huge eccentric load on the neck and I was like, I'll, 
probably, I don't know if this is good for my spine or not, <laughs> but, but I was like thinking like, you know, the forces you, you get in, you know, tackles or if you get hit in the head or whatever, like it might have some benefit maybe doing some pure eccentric overload. Um, so I tried it with like protraction. I tried it laterally as well. So I had it lateral. Um, and then it was like an eccentric overload trying to resist going this way. Um, yeah. I saw those guys uh, at a conference and did the same thing. Like I told the Matt and I was like, Hey, I'm going to take this over to these guys. Um, Cause they were there. One guy had come, you know, from like, I think they're based in Norway is where the mm, yeah. countries. Um, well, Sweden. No, Norway. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember now. They're going to yeah. be mad at me, but um, it's all right. I haven't seen them for years. Uh, <laughs> I did the same thing, like ran right over, you know, like set it up and he's got the iPad and he's like, okay, what do you want? You know, and uh, I was trying to do sort of 360 spins. Yeah. Uh, getting that sort of feedback like that, you know, like you're getting jostled around like by your dad, like doing one of these yeah. things. Um, but I pulled it on out and um, did some cool stuff. Like, And I was at the CSCCA, which is a, you know, a huge strength conditioning convention essentially for collegiate strength coaches. And um, Sorenex had like music going, 6 a.m. workout, you know, and they've got like a squat contest. And they're like, I mean, they're lighting up a half a million square foot place in Kansas City, Missouri. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, and like, I was like, I got to go do something. Like, I'm going to go check this out. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're very cool. They're very like welcoming and just like, here's how you do it. And what a cool machine, you know, to have, you know, um, access to. So yeah, those guys, those guys are pretty, like, as far as exercise science go, you know, I was just like, you guys are on like sort of a different kick, a different, a different level, really. Like yeah. that's an unreal, like, Oh, you know what we should have is this computerized machine that can control the rate of force yeah. as you attach things to it. But it was, yeah, we did some cool things with those guys. I, I really like the, that product. It's just yeah. a shame. It's like $10,000 for one. So more. I think it's ten thousand, maybe for the ten eighty sprint, but for that quantum, I think it's forty thousand. Yes, <laughs> just gotta get it shipped from uh, from Norway and then spend a week to learn how to turn the thing on. All, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then pull it to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Like, do you like? Do you need like neck bridging or anything like that? Do you prescribe that sort of stuff? I know, yeah. like, it gets it gets sort of a bad rap. Um, yeah, like. It, I just don't think yeah, and like that's probably like the one thing that, like I have I have sort of you know conversations all different kinds of people like physical therapists, doctors, chiropractors, sport coaches of all different sports, and they all have like a like a gripe about the iron. Well, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. It's like well, it's not the only thing you can do, right? Like it's just the best <laughs> thing you can. Like that's you can do other things, but wrestlers are the ones that are just like this is crap, and they just want to like throw it over. Like this is garbage. Like why do I need this? Like, look how thick my neck is. I'm like, yeah, but you talk to wrestlers who are 40 or 50 years old now, and they really wish that they had stopped doing neck bridges and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I should just write an article on, on neck bridges a couple of days ago. I published it. But it's just like, the, the risk isn't worth it. I mean, just fucking loading the shit out of your spine. It's like compressing it and doing this. Yeah, to, your, yes. to your neck. And it's like, this is like, yeah, there's only maybe you know, a handful, a couple of handfuls of exercises you can do for your neck, but they actually make you feel good afterwards, you know? Like, if yeah. I do the eye neck and I have any neck pain, my neck pain's gone. Like, my neck feels so good just all the time. And then, you know, you can even do some of your, if you want to do some loading of your neck, you can do your neck flexions, extensions, whatever, with a plate. And then you've basically covered everything there. And you're going to get the same out of it than just smashing your head into the floor. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> are the ones where they, like, squish their head against the, like a stability ball and they're like doing oh, like yeah. this and, um that's my favorite one it's like well that's not you know like you're just talking about resistance training you know like it's not you're just that's i mean it's good like maybe it's a good warm-up that's you know that sort of thing but um yeah i just like the neck bridging and like the the creator the founder of of, uh, of iron neck is a guy named mike jolly and um you know he tells stories and he's like a naturally six foot five 300 pound guy right like played offensive tackle at ucla heavyweight wrestler um and uh like very smart guy and he saw what was happening to his buddies with cte and like leaving the nfl and like having like health issues and problems you know mental health issues and problems um and just like you know got into this thing and uh he said he used to he tells a story of being you know 275 pound wrestler uh, in a back bridge and he put the 123 wrestler, right? Like <laughs> put 
<laughs> put a 65 kilo guy on, on his stomach while he was in a back bridge. And like, you can just see like the shivers run up his spine when he tells the story. He's like, oh, like, he's just like, yeah. And like stuff like that, you know, and it's like, I, I would never, you know, I'd never recommend that to anyone to do ever. Uh, but like, you know, that's trying to, he's trying to tell the story of like how far the progression has come from like, this is what we thought was good for us, right? Like, this is what is good for us. Um, well, people still, still do it regardless, you know? I mean, I do. especially in martial arts, I mean, it's like part of the tradition, you know? If you're in <clears throat> wrestling, at least specifically, I mean, I don't think, even boxing has some of it, has some of it. Yeah, like, do a lot I mean, of weird stuff in boxing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. But I mean, then there's other sports, obviously like rugby and stuff, where neck training hasn't really caught on. You can, you can go to a lot of different professional teams around the world that don't train ne- any neck. They yeah. don't train neck, they don't train grip, they don't just just the usual quite, yeah. yeah usual missing pieces right and um yeah like i talked to all kinds of people in major sports major universities and things like that you know um power power football programs you know like what you know they they've got you know 50 scholarships and you know these type of things and like athletic trainers like ah, i don't really see a need for training the neck like it's a muscle but you know I said, what do you mean? But you know, like, no, like, it's not just a muscle, like, connects your brain to the rest of your body. Like, it's not important. It's like, eh, nah. okay, sorry, sorry to waste your time. It's, like, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's not the money, you know, like, the, the athletic trainers got access to more money than most small college football programs. You know, he could buy whatever he wants. He's just like, eh, I don't know. Why do you need a neck? <laughs> okay. Don't worry if that in football they're taught to bloody tackle with their heads. <laughs> right. yeah like there's that right and i mean there's a story uh what, five or six years ago now you know a usc running back strong kid was ripping out like 125 kilos you know just going going hard in the paint with his bench press on a thursday and he racked it and the bar oscillated right the guy i was spotting wasn't wasn't watching the bar oscillated out of the rack and it landed on his neck oh barbell boom right like and they're like oh well it's good thing you know that he's so strong and they're just like we yeah spotters like oh, i'm really sorry and all this stuff and like he sat up maybe two or three weeks and they ended up getting drafted still right like going to the nfl like it, it didn't end his career or anything but um like if you looked at the kid's neck it's like what? like that's what saved him like he was, yeah. his neck was as thick as his arm like it wasn't like it wasn't the guy then suddenly pulled the bar off his neck it was like the there was 125 pressing in on his larynx. Like that's, that you gotta like, that's one of those things, right? Like you're talking about like reactionary and um, that's sort of like how, how the neck is meant to work in that situation is purely reactionary and isometric and mm. being able to sort of like, you know, four way neck machine, I think is great. Like for adding size to your neck, like hypertrophy. But um, if you get axed in the back when no, when you're not looking right. And the 300 pound guy hits, smokes you in the back, like, you're not going to push your head against his head like this and like, push yourself to the floor. Like you're just going to survive. Right. And then you're going to take stock of your life. I'm like, wow, that sucks. Like, hopefully I'm all right when I get up, but like, there's no, like, take this, like, like and that's yeah, that, so- <laughs> that was my thinking with the, with the overload eccentric stuff. I was like, yeah, you have like, if you look at most of the, I guess you could say the <clears throat> concussions and knockouts, it's like the neck moves, quickly whichever way it is you know if you get punched this way or if you get tackled or whatever and obviously with rate of force development being important like maybe if you could target like eccentric overload and you get the eccentric adaptations with increasing those sarcomeres and series making the muscle longer and then having that faster contractile velocity maybe you know if you do get hit maybe you can now increase um the ability to stop that movement quickly you know but then at the same time, doing hectic eccentric overload on the neck, <clears throat> they're just going to cause the same problems as neck bridging. <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of like, I was kind of like, I don't know if the trade-off is there or not. It's interesting. You know, my neck was fine the next day. I mean, I've been doing a lot of <laughs> my neck was kind of conditioned to getting smashed. But like, yeah, I think if maybe if you worked up to it, maybe it'd be okay. But. I think so. Uh, and like, that's, that's what all the research says now, you know, it's the rotary acceleration of the head and neck, like relative to your center of mass, you know, like it's just, and it's a weird human phenomenon. I don't think they measure concussion in other animals. Um, but 
like there's a there's a tipping point you know like there's that when you hit a certain number in that equation as far as acceleration is concerned like that's what happens to the human brain like it gets scrambled you know and like neuroplast tear and like it, like it throws out a bunch of weird stuff into the bloodstream and um it's it's bad for you like it's not it's not something yeah. that you want to have happen repeatedly um so that's what they're saying now is like anything that you can do you know to sort of safely train the neck and strengthen that that innate like muscle quality to just hold on to that shape right and sort of if you even if you can just reduce the rate of acceleration they're saying that that's mm that's a huge deal. Like that's, that takes them, you know, down a grade and it takes it, you know, either from like maybe a slight concussion to nothing or from a severe one to like a mild one, you know, and like at the end of the day, it's about sort of protecting athletes. Like as an S and C guy, like performance, like you want them, you know, they're going to go out and perform, you know, with or without you. Like most cases that if they miss a squat session or something like that, they would still go to the game on Saturday. So it's really about like putting them in a position to win and, you know, obviously not get hurt in the process. Yeah. <clears throat> and on that, on that animal thing, I remember we had back in, back in New Zealand, I can't remember what it was. I think we must have had like a post-grad presentation get together, whatever. And they're talking about concussions and some of the research with animals. And they're talking about how um, when animals fight with their, like the big animals or other animals, they fight with their heads, um, but they, they don't see concussion. And they were saying that what happens is these animals actually start cutting the blood flow off to their head and they, they hit their brain area gets filled with blood or fluid. So it means now when they hit, the brain doesn't smash against the skull. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were actually looking at developing rugby jerseys that did something similar that was like tight around the neck or something. And that would somehow, I don't know. I don't know what's happened if that's even going ahead or if that theory was just something they were thinking of, but. I've seen some things like, again, like at different various conferences, you know, um, and they had, I forget what it's called, but it, it was a, sort of like a neck bridge, you know, like a old cowboy collar for football players. And it sort of went around the head and neck uh, and sort of tied in front. And the idea was that you were slowing, like you would compress the thing, right? And like sort of slow the acceleration down. Um, but I, I don't see how, like it, the equipment restrictions in rugby, you know, I don't know how you put, that on on yeah i don't know i don't know how like it sounds like i just choke you <laughs> yeah exactly have some big gian guy wrap his hands around it and drag you out of a ref like, like, yeah, yeah. it's great this i didn't get a concussion now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Sweet thing. um so I've, I've seen some of them but i think they're, they're mostly looking at sort of like sub like underneath shoulder pads right and like helping out with that sort of thing um, yeah, but I mean, you know, there's people that, that, that sort of laugh at training your neck and things like that. They, they're also like, if you go back, you know, 20, 30 years in, in the NFL and they've got these weird like collars and like tubes of stuff, you know, on top or underneath their shoulder pads and stuff. And I was like, that was all, yeah. that's what you were trying to do. Like you knew you're going to go slamming in the face first into people. So you did something about it to keep your head from snapping back, you know, like, um, so it's sometimes just making that mental connection, I think for people um yeah unfortunately they're not they're not always super keen on doing it until their neck hurts and they're like oh wow this sucks yeah i mean like with eye neck obviously you get like immediate pain relief for, for most people so that's that's the easiest so yeah and like you know again like working almost purely isometric unless you're in the varsity or the pro unit with the dial you know friction turned up um yeah. that's where every rehab program in the world starts is okay, like you've had a shoulder surgery, like you're going to like take your arm out of the sling and put it on the table and see if you can hold it there. And then you're going to do, you know, in range uh, isometrics to sort of open up a range of motion mm -hmm. excuse me, until, until it doesn't hurt. No, exactly. No, exactly. Well, this so we've got it figured out. I'll try to share it with the rest of the world. <laughs> well, hopefully. When my, my blog gets some more traffic, it'll, it'll do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, um, I don't, I'm not sure how much time you've got. I don't want to burn you up. And, uh, but I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, would love to try to connect with you again some other time. And uh, I'll shoot you an email. When Hopefully you'll get on that, that flight home. Oh, man. <laughs> you'll, you'll get it going. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, yeah, but I'll shoot you an email and um, hopefully we'll be able to connect and get you some units to, to wherever you land and uh, continue to do some of the innovative stuff, you know, you can do nice. it. You got, so I got, so Robert gave me one when I left the States and now they just, because my wife with the weightlifting, they actually just sent her one and a fitness bundle as well. So we've got that waiting in New Zealand. <clears throat> so that's awesome. Like we've got two units now, two pro units and the fitness bundle. We're going to do a whole lot of YouTube videos and reviews and all sorts of stuff with it. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Yeah. But, uh, I had a chat with him uh, and, uh, and mentioned your name, you know, and he was like, Oh, great. You know, and like had nothing but nice things to say. And um, he's like, yeah, it made more sense to send it to New Zealand than Romania. And I was yeah. like, all right, well, that's probably, probably true, but uh, there's only one fight a month, so he's got to get to it now. So, <laughs> is there any any chance of what are the other two models, the Varsity and the Home? Uh, it was Home. They're calling it Starter now, but it's uh, uh, the same deal. It's the of getting one of one of those agents, so I can do like a little comparison thing with it all. Yeah, uh, I believe so. I mean, the Varsity is basically like 20% of, of the friction, you know, so, but it's preset. So like, again, like if you have a sports academy, for example, and you've got a bunch of people coming in and, you know, like in America, like high school sports, like the reality is that you've got 40 to 60 kids coming in at once. Uh, and it's hard like to give individual attention to 60 people yeah. all at one time. Right. And it's, even if it's you and a few people, like if it's, if it's more than probably 10 per coach, it'd be really tough to get the iron neck and dial it in. So the varsity is meant to like, <laughs> to have that resistance on and, and then you just sort of program around knowing that the resistance is there for you. Right. So, um, you know, put a kid on it while another, you know, another kid's doing something else. One kid's spotting, one kid's resting. Yeah. Um, you know, so like that's, those are the big high schools that I've visited, you know, when they've got 12 racks and like a 3000 square foot like facility to train kids in, you know, I was like, yeah, you can put one on every rack. You can, you may, now you've got, you know, 48 kids doing something at once and there's a little bit of, uh, calm and the chaos there before they all start hooting and hollering and stuff. But um, yeah, varsity I think is it's not for every situation, but for for what it's designed for, I think it does really well with that. And um, yeah, really easy to set up. So then you just like tell someone like you've got this many sets and reps, or we're going to do it for time or whatever it is, right? Like you just sort of set someone off, and then you can they can do that and sort of explore on their own. And there's not really anything bad about it. They don't get punched severely or anything. Says so the starter and home one, that one just has no resistance, but it still spins. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And then the big thing is that, like, you can't add resistance to it, right? So it's sort of, it's sort of free, free flowing all the time. Um, and that's the one, you know, where, like, I, I, I was, like, at a family barbecue and I got a phone call, like, from the, the, the Iron Neck support line and I picked it up. I ended up talking to this lady for, like, over an hour, like, the family barbecue. Cause she was talking about like how bad her neck hurt and she was in New Jersey or something. And like, she's just like, Oh, this is so helpful. Thank you. Like, over and over. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I think you oh, like, you know, like really need to get one of these, you know, I was like, all right, well, like, here you go. This is how you do it. And she really wanted to chat, you know, so I'm walking around the barbecue and I'm grabbing a drink. And, oh, no, no, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Like on the speakerphone, arms going dead, you know, like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. we're almost done. Uh, she's like, well, one more thing. Uh, but that, yeah, this, the starter I think is really good like rehab again like rehab scenario you know like where you just want someone you know to I think a lot of it for like neck is and a lot of physical therapists won't touch it they won't like they'll address things like in the in the upper back or the shoulder you know like maybe if they're really good they'll work on like diaphragmatic breathing and try and set someone up with success but it just seems like they won't like if it's neck pain, like they don't want to be associated. They don't want to be the person that goes in there and makes it worse. So they just sort of like, like no thanks, you know? Um, yeah, so like that starter, like it's already sort of intimidating to put this thing on your head and it looks weird, but um, the starter one I think is, is good for that. And it, like there's no possible resistance. So um, it just sort of like safely get them into it and try them out. Yeah. But yeah, even for for a lot of people that I work with, it's very like, very few times I'll, I'll put friction on it um, on the pro, but like rugby players or other athletes, you know, they're working, working towards something that need that sort of concentric, you know, like ability um, and like, you know, college and high school rugby players, like they just want to 
fill out their uniform anyway. So just like put them on, make them go for it. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for taking the time uh, for for doing the time zone math and and making it work. Um, Yeah, best of luck to you and your lady and uh, getting out of Bucharest in one piece in a couple of weeks. No, 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 hopefully, we'll see. But I mean, if we get to the States, we'll, we'll definitely hit you up. Hopefully we can maybe see what we can do, but yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. San Diego, Austin, you know, will be, uh, hopefully things will loosen up a bit and people will follow yeah. the rules so that we can uh, go out and be amongst people. But um, yeah, it'd be fa- fabulous to see you and uh, to meet everyone in person. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and connects. Uh, that's what makes the world go around. So, exactly, exactly. All right. Okay. Well, I think it's it's nighttime in Bucharest, so uh, I'll let you guys go. Thank <laughs> you so much for taking the time. Cheers, Jacob. Let's see here. Whoa. How do I do it? <laughs> <laughs> My kids probably come down here and stop it right now. Here you go, Dad. Oh my gosh. All right.